For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling with Problems. For the first time in a long time, we got the band back together. I'm King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. Give me a like, follow, and friend request. I'll give you a return. Also, King David Comedy on most major social media platforms. Like those and follow as well. I'm joined by... My usual recent co-host most weeks, or actually, I wouldn't say most weeks, 50-50 shot the last few weeks, but Brian Hunter, at BrockBiz on Twitter, at B-R-O-C-K-B-Z-A on Twitter. And we're joined by my, I would say, original co-host, but he wasn't our original co-host. He was, he was probably, what, my fifth or sixth original co-host on this show. Chris Best is back at ChrisBest99 on Twitter. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Gentlemen, it is good to be here. Uh been crazy, but I'm glad I can at least join in for a few minutes and uh, say hi to everybody and um, give you, you know, I brought my soapbox and my, my uh, tinfoil hat. I'm ready to, you know, throw all these problems out there and cuss and fuss and scream about everything. Okay. It's been a while since we've been able to do that, so let's just go ahead and hop right into it. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to ask Brian. Brian, how are you doing, man? Most excellent because we have the trio is back. The triple threat of pro wrestling is back. That's what I like to hear. And speaking of that, I've been watching ECW, so I'm I'm right in the April of 98 of ECW before it jumps off the network. So I assume one of the topics we're going to get into later will explain what I'm thinking about. I'm probably about to say goodbye to ECW. We'll get into that, just, get into that in just a second. But anyway, let's start off with... Uh, Start off with something uh, going on in the world of wrestling. Obviously, we just mentioned, you know, I'm watching ECW. I think ECW is going to be going away from the network because apparently Peacock has been scrubbing a lot of the problematic. If you're watching on video, you see the air quotes. If you're just listening to the audio, you're seeing, you're not seeing it. But uh, I did the air quotes. Problematic content from um, the WWE library. So apparently the Roddy Piper match. At WrestleMania against Mr. T, uh, that's going away because he wore half his face painted black. I never really considered that blackface. Uh, I guess retroactively it sort of came in. I guess I kind of see how people look at it that way. I kind of, since it wasn't, you know, he didn't have the weird lip stuff on it and he didn't have his whole body painted. I never really considered it blackface, but I also see how people can take the, take it the other way too. But that match is gone, and I'm 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 not fully into seeing everything that's been removed from the work just yet. But I assume 
really ECW is just going to be a pamphlet if they have it on the network at all once it transfers over to Peacock. Basically, every episode of ECW will be like three minutes long. You'll see Al Snow, but no head. You'll see uh, Mikey Whipwreck, maybe. Uh, obviously, Joe Gertner's not allowed at all. Joe Gertner never happened. Uh, no. Uh, Danny Doring, no. Uh, I'm pretty sure Roadkill is defending Amish, so he's gone. Uh, <laughs> no flu of the Italians at all. That's not going to work. You, you can't pull that off. Oh, no, 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 not the FBI. We need the FBI, the original no, no, think of, FBI. Think about it. What, not, what in ECW is left? Hey, hey, Brian or Chris, uh, I'll, I'll put a Brian first. Brian, what do you think in ECW is left <laughs> that's allowed to be shown? Because I said Mikey Whipwreck, and that's about it. Uh, Spike Dud- hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't know. Spike Dudley's LSD was his uh, moniker. So, little Spike Dudley, LSD, the acid yeah. drop. <laughs> yeah, I knew you couldn't call it the oh. acid drop. Uh, no, no. I, 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 I know. Wait, wait, before you say that, before you say that, remember... Joey Styles had to come in and basically re-record everything. <laughs> Remember the last time before they put the all the music they had put up illegally. So basically, they're going to have to rehire Joey Styles to redo everything a second time. So that's another reason why everything. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Who, who, who besides Mikey Whipwreck? Oh yeah, Chris Chetty. <laughs> who besides Mikey Whipwreck and Chris Chetty will be available for DZW? Uh, uh, hold up, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. No. If you play some of the, uh, RBD versus Jerry Lynn matches without commentary or backstory, it'll be fine. RBD versus uh, Jerry Lynn. Actually, that, that does kind of work, yeah. Don't uh, let RBD say anything about Francine, though. Because today, 20 years later, I still remember one of his quotes about Francine. <laughs> Matter of fact, oh, God. ECW had such great moments. That's why I still beloved so many years after the fact. I still remember this promo from originally when it aired, when he told Francine, if you let me touch the silicone, I'll let you touch the gold. I'm sure that's one of the lines that has been disappeared forever for Peacock. Yeah, we can't have that one. Uh... Yeah, nah, nah, you can't wait, have wait. that one. And, wait, and, can and, we have it? Go ahead. He asked permission. Yeah, it was. It, it would technically be consensual. On the one hand, it's yeah. pro, so it, it's kind of in that borderline area, I think, maybe. Because he did ask, you're right, he did ask permission. He said if. But on the other hand, you know, in an in a, in a era where women weren't offered a lot of opportunity, you're the workplace. So you, it's still he, – he could be reported to human resources if that was uh, – if ECW was under the band of WWE these days. So I, it's kind of like you got a kind of different directions there you could go. But I'm still – I'm going to go ahead and have to lean towards no because, like I said, that's, that still might be harassment. It's, it's not assault because he did ask permission, but it still could be harassment. So I'm going to have to put that in the no category. Okay. Fair enough. Well, in, today, in today's era with human resources, Dang. as a rule of thumb, 
if you if you're wondering if it's okay, it's not. If, oh, if oh, little, oh. oh, go ahead. I'm saying if that little light bulb goes off here for everybody listening, if you're at work and you're about to say something or do something, and you had a pause like, is this okay? Don't don't do it. Just save yourself the headache. Don't do it. And for a brief moment, you wonder, is it okay to do? Yeah, it's it's like they say when you go to somewhere and you say, how much does this cost? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Same principle applies. <laughs> if you have to wonder, am I allowed to say this? The answer is no. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm getting breaking news. Uh, Pepe Le Pew has been kicked off of WrestleMania this year uh, due to previous actions on his part. So there will be no Pepe Le Pew at WrestleMania. He was supposed to be potentially in a tag match with Bad Bunny against the Miz Morrison, but that is not going to happen. Apparently, that's now going to be a singles match between Bad Bunny and the Miz. So sorry about that, but no Pepe Le Pew at WrestleMania this year. Man. Pepe Le Pew just can't get a break. break. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think – who else would be canceled by this? Like, if they're going to scrub stuff, I guess there's no more Kamala. <laughs> Kamala has to be gone. Oh, yeah, Kamala's gone. Uh, no Wild Samoans. No, Every Samoan. No Wild Samoans. You do know that, right? Every Samoan. Not only every Samoan before The Rock, but also no Umaga. <laughs> yep. No. Hell no. Yokozuna's double count. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, give me one. Can't have give that. Okay. So, doesn't that mean that there's no gold dust in you? Uh, no gold dust from the 90s for sure. Uh, no gold Hell dust. No. Maybe his later run might be able to to uh, kick in, I don't know, but that he might he might be considered offensive to people with Tourette syndrome for his last run. So that that could that might have to exactly. Go away too. So, nah, I, I don't think you could do Gold Dust. You can't do uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, you can't do Eddie Guerrero, and you cannot do the Mexicals. You you cannot do the Mexicals. <laughs> no. To be honest, we knew you can't do the Mexicals when they were doing the Mexicals. <laughs> Everybody's like, no, <laughs> no. Everybody except for the actual WWE was like, no. I mean, we all love Tubi. We all love. Uh... <laughs> that was wrong. We love psychosis, but we're like, who thought this was a good idea? No. <laughs> as funny as it was, that was wrong. Was like, In the words the of an episode of Duckman from the mid nineties. White writers. <laughs> Just for the context of that, for people who aren't aware of Duckman episodes like I am, uh, in the in the mid nineties there was a show called Duckman and uh, Jason Alexander was on USA Network, uh from Seinf- he was still riding high on that Seinfeld fame, but there was an episode where there was this black woman with an afro or and they were always like she was doing all these seventies references and they was like finally I was like I was, he he said what I was thinking, he's like, uh Duckman was like, well, what's with all these 70s references and stuff from you as a black woman like now in the 90s, like white writers? And then it made sense because <laughs> whenever white people try to write stuff for black people, they're way out of touch usually for <laughs> you never because 
this is a little side note and detour we're going to take, but uh, you ever notice the slang they use in most movies? So anyway, it's, it's not just me saying that. The writers, who are the white writers on Duckman, actually the ones that said that. That was not me just pulling out of my ass. I'm trying not trying to get canceled, at least not for this. I just probably deserve to be canceled for other things, but for not that. That was actually white writers being self-aware of their own whiteness in that moment. Anyway, uh, now that we sidetracked into like late 90s cartoons that I'm pretty much the only person that remembers, let's, let's get back on track and talk some more wrestling. Uh, Chris, do you have any more thoughts about who you thought maybe should be canceled? Who else is going to be canceled off of uh, Peacock during the switch, or are you good to go now? I'm not sure if he's back on or not. Okay, he might be gone. So he's still listed on the board, but I don't, I don't hear him. So uh, Chris, if you can hear us, please call back in or take yourself off nuke or whatever, because uh, we can't hear you at all if you are trying to talk. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next topic for the evening. We got a, a couple of inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame. This is the most important one, I'm, I'm sure, for you, Brian. So I know you're really excited about this. I know you've been waiting to hear about the whole effing show being inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. So please give a warm welcome for the latest inductee of the WWE Hall of Fame, the great colleague. Damn! No! No! I did not like the great Kali as a wrestler that much, and most people didn't. <laughs> Although, looking back now, he was slightly better when he was young than he was compared to his last one in 2017, 2018, when he could barely move. I actually did like him in the movie Get Smart, though. And he's kind of like, it's, it's weird, he's kind of like uh, Kirk in the Interrogator, who I hated as a wrestler. Uh, oh, except for, you know... I, I, I kind of like the last one, the oddities, although that's another character group that's probably going to be canceled the network because you can't have any of that stuff they did either. <laughs> so it, it's funny how this all comes back together and run, comes in a circle. But at any rate, uh, uh, yeah, he, Great Khali great was great to get smart. Kurgan Interrogator has done some great stuff in action movies and stuff, but he was a terrible wrestler. He was a boring watch. So, uh, anyway, but Great Khali is definitely worthy of a spot in the Hall of Fame. People are going to wonder why. It's like he's a he's like a huge legend in India, and he's probably going to play a big part when they ever do, end up doing uh, NXT India or NXT Asia or whatever they end up doing uh, as far as because uh, oh, uh, he's a huge star there. And the Indian wrestling market is actually larger than the American Indian uh, American wrestling market, just due to the fact that there's like a you know over a billion people there. There's more people watching uh, WWE's YouTube stuff and other videos and stuff in India than there is in America. So that's a huge market for them. And I was kind of wondering why they were planning on starting their Asian invasion sort of with India. But after looking at those metrics and those uh, demographics, that's why. <laughs> so but anyway, uh, not a huge fan of him, but I, I do definitely see his point and the reason he's put there. So, so we figured he deserves some time to be given to discuss it. But unless you or Chris have something you really want to talk about with Rick Holly, we're going to move on to the next uh, WWE Hall of Fame that's been announced. Got anything else, Chris, or you want to move on? Or any, anything All right. Else? Uh, we can move on. Okay. 
for real though, this time the whole effing show is being inducted to WWE Hall of Fame. Rob Van Dam has been announced as the next inductee. So how excited are you about Rob Van Dam being put into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame? Finally. Finally, it um, all, all his work has paid off. He's the whole effing show, and he got some. He got some of the best theme music ever. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm excited. To, like I said, he just finished up a run in Impact, I believe, earlier this year or late last year. He's I could like to see him wrestling in NXT or something. Just you know, have a nice you know decent run to sort of cap off his WWE career. Uh, he's been doing some documentary work for them lately anyway. So, it, it, And plus, like I said, the NXT schedule was going to be lighter than the WWE schedule anyway. Although, you know, I don't see the rough WWE schedule coming back anytime in the next few months anyway. So even if they wanted to put him on a main roster, if they wanted to, you know, hot shot him into a WrestleMania match or something, those are definitely possibilities because they won't be going on the road anytime soon. So, uh he wanted the lighter schedule, so regardless, if, if, he, if he could work on any of the WWE brands for the light schedule, definitely through, I'd say even a few months after WrestleMania, he'd probably still be good to go. So maybe if you want to sign a three-month to six-month uh, contract, that would be perfect for him. He wouldn't have to be on the road all the time. He still, you know, he could probably share some of his knowledge with the youth. And again, he's still, you know, coming off recent runs, so it's not like fans have forgotten about him or anything. So, And of course, the people with the network, for the time being, at least, to watch this old stuff and sort of get reacquainted with them. So, yes, any rate, uh, what you got? Any further thoughts on that, or you want to move on? Uh, we can move on. Okay, we'll move on. I know you got a chance to check out AEW Revolution, right, uh, Brian? I did. And of course, the sixty-two-year-old Sting made his in-ring return, which is weird because okay. I just. Noticed in my Facebook, uh, you know, a little moment, it came up. It was like the six year anniversary of making, not quite the six month, six year anniversary, but about a, a little bit before six months when he was just sort of leading up to his match, his first match in WWE. Uh, and then he wrestled a couple matches and he got hurt. But anyway, uh, this, uh, cinematic match, they, they did a great job of making him look good. Darby Allen did a good job. Uh, I discussed that on a previous show. How Darby Allen was like a film student and he helped put together the cinematic match. I had not been aware that he was a film student. I knew he, you know, put together some nice video packages, but that explains that he actually does have training for it. I didn't, I was not aware of that at all. So he does a great job putting that sort of stuff together. He did a great job. Although Sting did say, while it, you know, did help him look good at the ring, it was, rough on him, maybe even a little bit rougher than a regular match, just due to the fact that normally we have a regular match. You're in a ring for 20 to 30 minutes. This shoot was like 12 hours. And it was done over the course of a couple of days. So, on the one hand, it helped to make him look good, but it definitely took a huge toll on his body. And I want to thank SU Scoops uh, for the information regarding this, because this is something I didn't really think about as far as when you shoot a cinematic match, even though it's easier to make somebody look good at it because you can edit the footage, you can edit source for out, they also, the shoots tend to be much, much longer than a traditional match. So I, I, when I watched the match the first time, I definitely saw the beating and the pounding that Darby Allen took with those, like, the big spots, the big fall, and being thrown through the glass. But I didn't even think about the impact on a 60-year-old Sting. So uh, 
What What are your thoughts on that, Brian? Uh, I I I will agree with that. It to me, it was a um, good match. Actually, it was better than what I expected. I knew it wasn't going to be like the boneyard match, and I was glad it wasn't the um, match that Bray Wyatt had against John Cena. I'm so I'm so glad it wasn't that. But um, what we saw was a good match. Absolutely, and like I said, uh, also great. Like I said, not just the actual match, but the sort of setup to it with the uh, Ricky Starks and the Brian Cage and the sports car, you know, rolling up, getting in, rolling up to the, to the facility, and that nice sports car rolling up to the sort of abandoned factory. So that was a nice look to it. So there were a lot of aspects other than just the match that made it look good. So shout out to everybody involved in that. And let's see if uh, if Chris is back now. Chris, are you there? Yeah, we're there. Okay, glad to have you I'll back. Officially back. You dropped off, or if you had to go do something or what? But you know, glad to have you back. Oh. Uh, we did mention earlier we were talking. We we finished up with our talk about uh, what's been struck in the network. We talked about Rick Ali being inducted to the Hall of Fame. We talked about Rod Van Dam uh, being inducted to WWE Hall of Fame. So, if you got any thoughts on that or the Sting match slash cinematic match at Revolution, have it at the floor is yours, Chris. You can discuss any of those issues if you want, or none of them if you don't want. Alright, um, I was here for the struggling of the WWE work, and I, I don't like it, fuck it. And I was more the, in favor of what's the WWE Network kind of thing. They would go more in the double for TV direction. But that's real. That didn't happen. So it is what that is. What it is. NBC is now taking over, so they're going to make it suitable to their liking. I gotta feel bad. Like uh, I think you posted this. Somebody got to go through and figure out what is and is not acceptable to their department standards and practices, and with the attitude there at ECW and some of the WCW stuff and some of the territories they have the footage from and, you know, over time and changing cultures and stuff like that. Oh, it's going to be a lot of stuff that's not, that is no longer suitable for today's, um, for today's world. You know, all the WWE of Broad Patty Now, all right. You know, Actually, I'm gonna you know, I, th- I think those might actually stay just due to the fact that there was no nudity involved in considering network television standards and practices. Like I say, racism is a lot of stuff that they were getting rid of. I don't think they'll get rid of bra and panties and bikini stuff. I think that might actually stick in. But that's just okay. that's not me knowing anything. That's just saying when I'm talking about standards and practices, you consider what's on their regular network television now. I'm gonna guess that's probably gonna be fine with all the reality shows and stuff that's on TV now, with you know that kind of stuff. That that would, might be kind of tame. So I think that it might that might actually stick around. I think. Okay. But that's just like I said. That's just me talking, thinking off the top of my head. Don't know, but uh, as for RVD going to the Hall of Fame, 
How many baseball bats did you have? Zero. Steel chairs. None. Sledgehammers. Oh. Ah, damn, dude! You must be bananas. I might have been under the influence. Okay, but at least you can still <laughs> outrun them, though. I would think this is all right. Huh? I'm having a hard time picturing Chris outrunning anybody. But... <laughs> <laughs> but okay, in, in, fairness, this, in fairness, this is 25 years ago, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? Told you. I could picture you briskly out jogging somebody back then, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great colleague. I just, actually, actually, actually speaking of that, that, that reminds me of something that was probably also scrubbed from WWE Network. Remember that time Mr. Fuji ran in the marathon, but he cheated? <laughs> I think there's a good uh, chance Mr. Fuji no, has also been scrubbed. <laughs> yeah, everything when Mr. Fuji got to go now. Uh, so does that mean Kai and Ty got to go too? Yeah. I'm guessing every version of Kai and Ty also has to go. Every version. So yeah, I don't think no, no, no Val Venus. <laughs> choppy, choppy, your pee pee is double canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, we we got to get the sex filter and the racism filter out of this. <laughs> so so you think I think it goes ninety eight. 99, 2000, 2001. Just wipe those out. So, no Nation of Domination. No, um, um, no, no, um, Lost Little Reekless. No, uh, I think, no, they can leave Nation of Domination in. They just have to edit some stuff out. For instance, when PG-13 was out there, they can leave it all the way through there. Then they, they have to, they have to edit out when, uh, Baruch said, "White man, that that has to go though." <laughs> but then they can leave everything else in. And uh, also, Orn Hart's run can definitely stay. Oh no, never mind. That's been canceled for a different reason. Never mind. Yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess we'll have the nation domination. It'll it'll kind of be like the WWE title. Whenever there's Chris Benoit in there, that just disappeared. It's like it never happened. So certain parts of the nation will stay and other parts will go. They were like, the nation of domination was like a part of WWE from this point to this point, to this point to this point, and then just magically disappeared at some point. Even though everybody who watched it knows it was still around for a while. Uh, yeah, th- this whole era here when there was the black heart in it, uh, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> Run away. Yeah, 
Like, it's just gone. Like, what happened to it? Nothing. It's just gone. Like magic. <laughs> At any rate, uh, let's mo- let's move on to our next topic. We got uh, uh, Chris Jericho is a bit of a weirdo in a lot of ways. He does some wonderful stuff. He does some stuff I really like, and then he does some stuff I'm just like, no, no, crazy, no, no. Oh, what a night! Nice, no, crazy. he he's just sort of all over the place sometimes. But I'm gonna give him some props on something really wonderful he's done. Uh, there was a Uber driver who was uh killed doing a botched carjacking and Chris Jericho uh, was familiar with this situation uh, basically some teenage girls hijacked him, carjacked him and killed him uh, he was uh, I believe an Uber driver uh, with Uber food, Uber Eats rather, anyway this was in Washington D.C. Tuesday the girls were 13 and 15, the incident was kept, kept on the cell phone video uh, apparently, basically, basically, he tried to take his car, and he was stuck out of the car, and basically got ran over. Basically, so, uh, basically, the car, the car ended up flipping over the side. The, the gentleman who passed away is Mohammed Anwar. Uh, he was an immigrant from Pakistan. He's 66 years old, so really, hope you would hope that he would have been able to retire at that point, but he was still working. Uh, luckily, the fund has raised over eight hundred thousand uh, dollars as of this would have been. Uh, as of earlier today, but Chris Jericho actually did donate twenty five hundred to help the family Uber, Uber each driver out. Uh, so, like I said, I, I will crap on somebody if they do crappy stuff, but I am, you know, more than willing to give somebody, you know, their props and respect for, you know, helping people out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And so far, I haven't seen the situation like when uh, Kylie Jenner, I think it was, donated some money to somebody. They're like, hey, you could have paid the whole bill yourself. As a general rule, I, I, I try. There's a cynical part of me that thinks that sometimes, but I try not to go off on people because really, when somebody gets hurt, you don't have to do crap to help them. <laughs> so if you donate a few thousand dollars of your money, you should really shouldn't get crapped on for it unless, unless you're the person that messed it up. Like, like, like if you, uh, crash your car into somebody and, and hurt them and you're the one that did it and then you say oh, I'll give you $2,000 and the bill's 100000 then I'll crap on you for that but as a general rule you donated $2,000 to somebody and you didn't have to do anything especially for a stranger in this case this case is a stranger technically the Kylie Jenner situation was a situation it was somebody like some designer she knew or something that was like it was a major yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a. I don't know if it was a friend or just somebody she worked with, but it was somebody she knew at least. This was just like a complete stranger. So, uh, shout out to him to doing it and helping it out. Uh, Chris and Brian, your thoughts? I guess I'll go to Brian first this time. Brian, you got any thoughts on it? Uh well, um, it's it's pretty much like this. Okay, the man did a good thing, and that's it. He did a good thing. What's wrong with? It? Nope. And like I said, again, I want to reiterate, I didn't see any complaints about this. It's just the, the Kylie Jenner thing just popping up head when I thought about it. Uh, 
but I will. I have not seen any complaints about it. I just want to make clear. I don't. As far as I know, nobody on the internet has been giving crap. Although, no matter what you do on the internet, somebody will probably give you crap for it. So. But it became a big story in her case. That's why I popped into my head. So. Anyway, uh, Chris, you got any thoughts on it, or are you ready to move on? Bravo for Jericho. He didn't notice dude. He had no, no ties uh, to him. No moral obligation to do anything at all. Good for him. Absolutely. We will move on to the latest uh, story in wrestling. We're actually covering all the sort of major wrestling brands today. We've done AEW, WWE uh, stuff. Now we're going to get to Impact Wrestling story. This is the, this is the thing that I said months ago. As soon as the rumors for NXT moving to Tuesday night happened, I was like, it makes no sense for Impact to be on Tuesday anymore. They should move to Thursday. Then we'll have major wrestling companies. Assuming you consider Impact Wrestling a major wrestling company, and I still technically do. They do have a national TV deal, even though it's not on a huge network, and they are pretty popular worldwide. So, Impact Wrestling has officially announced they are moving to Thursday night. So now we have major wrestling companies on the air every every night of the week during the year of the week. So I called it out. I actually did retweet it from VOC Nations from why I tweeted it from my account. So clearly, Impact Wrestling is listening to me. <laughs> Because I have the base billion ideas of Impact moving back to their, I was going to say original night, but Impact's been on so many nights that I can't remember if that was the original night or not. I know at some point they had been on they had been on Thursdays. I think that was the first night regular Impact Wrestling was on at some point before they moved to Monday to fight with Raw, then they moved to Wednesday and they moved to something, but I'm pretty sure that was the original night, so... We will now have Raw Monday. Tuesday will be NXT. Wednesday night will be uh, uh, AEW. Thursday night will be Impact, and then Friday night will be SmackDown. So, and plus, also, don't, I don't want to forget some of the other uh, brands. Though, but also, Ring of Honor also will be continuing to air on Monday night. Uh, MLW will continue to make their debut on Wednesday night. Uh, so there's there's a lot of wrestling, a lot of national and international companies, you know, based in America that will be airing product. And like now, like I said, now it's a little bit easier to spread out the content, and it's a lot easier to keep up on a night to night basis on who's doing what. So uh, I think this is good for the fans. People don't have to choose, at least not on that night. So I think most people have DVRs or streaming services or whatnot, so they can watch the content on other nights. But it'll be a much less direct competition between some of these, uh, the most major brands now, and they'll all be able to sort of get their own shine and have their own night to spotlight in there. And the other thing is they'll have, to, they'll have their own night to be the uh, main story in wrestling now. So I think that's kind of important too as well, particularly for, uh, I think, NXT and Impact. They are the main beneficiaries of this sort of everything being spread out because AEW was clearly winning Wednesday nights. Obviously, Raw and uh, SmackDown sort of have their nights to themselves anyway, so they're they're the, the big players as far as nationally, internationally having such a huge hit starting the other companies. So overall, I think this is great for wrestling. So I will go to you, Chris, first. Uh, are you behind this idea, or do you want to see them continue? To, did you want to see a new Tuesday Night Wars between <laughs> NXT and Impact? I would love to see a professional wrestling event. But at the time, at the very time, there's not a more to be had. With just the landscape of WWE, TNA, and uh, Impact, 
There is no war to be had right now. Everybody take your night, take your all night, and go from there. There's no war right now. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh, Brian, uh, you faded into the black. So I'm not sure if you're still there or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I was going to say, I, I wasn't sure if the Blair Witch hit yet, Brian, or not. <laughs> All of a sudden, I popped up because I'm not looking directly into our Zoom screen the entire time. But I just happened to look up into it again and saw no Brian. It was just pitch black. But then, you know, Brian came back out of, <laughs> out of the darkness. So, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Are you glad that all the major shows will have their own night? Or would you prefer there to be there at the Tuesday Night Wars or something between Impact and NXT? Uh, for me, um, I'm good with everyone having their own night. If, um, like Chris said, everyone should have uh, one night um, to um, get, get they shine on, so to speak. So let's see um, what's going to happen because the last thing we, we need is a, is a one more one-way massacre. And that's what we've been seeing um, on the Wednesday night, um, was we already we already saw the massacre on Monday. So, yeah, let's give this a shot. I think it'd be something different for once. <laughs> Figure that one out. Some different in wrestling. Mm. Oh, I almost forgot about a story. Someone I did not uh, have this in an itinerary, but something uh, something popped up last week in the world of wrestling slash MMA. So I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, Throw that back in. Uh, are you familiar with the story of Ronda Rousey and her uh, great granddad? I am not. Oh, well, I am not either. Well, you be. I think this you will be excited to hear. You say it does or doesn't? Does not. I think you might like this. I I can't say for sure, but I think you might like it. Uh, Ronda Rousey's mom actually told this story. Turns out Ronda Rousey's mom's grandfather was black. So you know what that means, right? We've decided to take Ronda Rousey with the first pick in the 2021 racial draft. Ronda Rousey has come to the team black. I have sent her information. I told her to check her email. She will get the password in her email. So we're really excited to have Ronda Rousey on the black team now. So... Is this promising to you or not? No. It's, it's shocking. It's okay, very why, shocking. Why are you against it? Why am I against it? Yeah. Uh, well, let me see. She, um, I guarantee you she would not identify with um, um, some, some of her DNA. That's not how it works. Once you're drafted, you're stuck. So, <laughs> hey, but remember, in this um, atmosphere of um, being PC and all the other stuff, hey, it's all—it's not what you are, but it's how you feel, and we all have to accept it. Nope, that's not how draft works. Like, just no, like no, if you get drafted not- by an NBA team. That's You're on you that win. team until, until that until your free agent. So until she's a free agent, and by the way, I, I, she has not tried to deny her roots. So we're, we're we're keeping her on Team Black at the moment. At the moment, okay. 
Sorry, Chris, you tried to say something. What were you trying to say? Oh, I was just saying it's not about how you feel. You are what you are. You know, that's... Oh, now, I've always had this question. This is probably way too deep, but it's uh, show right in the moment. But using the one-eighth rule, the one-drop rule that America came up with, you know, a couple hundred years ago, we're basically saying if one of your if one of your great grandfathers is black, you are now black. Using that rule, isn't everybody black problem? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say every, it turns out that they've done research on this. So for the most part, the average black person in America is anywhere from 15 to 25 percent black due to slavery and, uh, a lot of that sex right. it was not consensual back then, and it tended to be white on black, black white guy on black women's sex that was not consensual. So most African Americans that you know can trace their history back to slavery, fifteen to twenty five percent black. Whereas most uh, white people in America, they tend to have you know I think something like in the neighborhood of one to five percent black. So that is not actually the. I guess if you say if you're saying just the one drop rule, possibly. But if you're talking about like the rule where most people went by quote octoroon, and I'm saying that in air quotes because that's not exactly a PC term, but people know what that means. That means like if you're one eighth black, basically if you have a great a black great grandparent counts at that point because the rules for racism have gradually sort of evolved and sort of changed over the times too. So if you're talking about the one drop rule, I guess technically yeah. If you're talking about the octoroon rule where there was usually more legally enforced. I think in more places, a little bit more than the one drop rule. I I think the answer would be no. But anyway, uh, we we got some um, information. This will be Ronda Rousey's uh, new theme music if she should, should come back to WWE. Damn. Yeah, so really excited. I, I can't wait to see Ronda Rousey come out to that at WrestleMania. <laughs> I would love that. And it would immediately be scrubbed from Peacock immediately. <laughs> it would be the first time they have to scrub something live on <laughs> You know, that is fun when you're watching something on TV and you realize that they won't show this again. <laughs> That's part of the benefit to subscribing, though. <laughs> you saw it live, and it'll never be shown again. Like, I remember um, the Columbine shooting was at 99 or whatever that was. And, <clears throat> you know, there was a lady who was in the, in, the, in the horror that was the Columbine shootings. One lady got on, was on CNN and said, this is, this one, this is supposed to happen here. And honestly, I found that to be funny. But I knew right then they're not going to show this again. They will never re-air that statement. That this isn't supposed to happen here. Yeah, because where is it supposed to happen? <laughs> right. What would be an acceptable place this to happen? You know, where poor people are. Hmm. Because remember when the Columbine shooting, they are the first thing talking about. This is the upper middle class area. The average, the average household income here is $77,000 a year. You know, like the first thing you come up, this is a nice place. 
and people have two parent homes and um they go on vacations and you know but like wait a minute, so why why does the economic demographics matter? Oh yeah, this you know, school shootings weren't a thing yet, this is still new. They you know, violence weren't supposed to happen if you had some money in a big house. And by the way, uh those particular things tend to happen there more than here. Because uh, there's definitely problems living in the hood. That's one of the reasons I left the hood. But when I lived in the hood, you didn't get a lot of random violence. <laughs> if somebody shot, if somebody shot you, odds are one of two things happen. One, they were shooting at somebody else and they missed. Or two, you did something that they wanted to shoot you for. Nobody in the hood tended to just go to a store or school and just randomly indiscriminately shooting people. People had beef with right. people, and that's who they went after. For the most part, right. if you weren't involved in drugs or gangs. Victims. There was unintended victims sometimes, but there was always an intended victim. There was yeah. one, you know, yeah, I shot up the playground with 15 people up there, but I wanted Brian. That's the one guy I wanted. Yeah. I saw the whole park to get him. Yeah, as much as we get criticism for, you know, violence in the hood and whatnot, it tends not to be random. If you get shot in the hood, it most of the time it's drugs, gangs, or messing with somebody's woman. If you don't do those things, you tend not to get You're shot. Safe. Or hang, at least hanging out with people that are doing those things. Right. I, if you're I, I, if, I grew, I, I spent my whole life growing up in the hood up until, you know, the time I went off for college. So almost 18 years in the hood. Never once been shot at, never once had a gun pulled on me because I didn't do that stuff. And for the most part, the people that do that stuff, if they know you're not involved in that stuff, they tend to leave you alone. Because if yeah. you're not, you're not a threat to them. If you're not, if you're not gangbanging, you're not a threat to them. They got no beef with you usually. Unlike, unlike, well, unlike, uh, cartoons and, you know, movies and stuff, most gang members and people in the hood are fairly reasonable people most of the time. <laughs> uh, that could vary. No, I said most of them are fairly reasonable most of the time. You, you have the stereotype that they're just like these wild, crazy dudes wilding out all the time about nothing. That's not the case. Because think about it. If you're trying to build a criminal organization, you can't have people wilding out all the time. That attracts a lot of negative attention on you. <laughs> that detours right. from the money. <laughs> right. I'm trying to make money. The last thing I need is homicide detectives crawling around all the time. I okay. remember one time I, we I, were fresh out of high school uh, over in the color doors. Sorry. Um, I don't know the real name for color doors. Yeah. Well, even today, even though, the door, even though the door, the weird thing about that was the doors weren't the color thing. It was like a little panel on the side of how they still call them color doors. But they read, they read, yeah. they remodeled those like probably 25 years ago or so. And no, we still 30, call them the color doors. Probably 35 years ago. Yeah. By the time we were in high school, they were all the same color. They so were still uh, the color doors. And the color doors. Right. But over You're there. You're saying though? A child got shot. Horrible, unfortunate accident. Uh, a child was shot due to some gang stuff. Unintended, unintended victim. And I have to give credit to the Gary Police Department. You could, if you were hanging out over there, 
you couldn't litter without getting handcuffs. You couldn't litter, jaywalk, loiter. Uh, you kick a rock across the street, they were on you. And they made it clear. We go away and we find out who did this. And within two or three days, an anonymous tip led them to the shooter. Because if you were trying to conduct any kind of business, you could not. If you uh, didn't stop long enough at a stop sign, you got pulled over. I mean, they were on everything. They were on everyone to everything. And they made it very clear. This is who we're looking for. When we find out who the shooter is, we go away. You go back to doing what you've been doing. Yep. And that like, was I say, bad for part, like I say, as much as people say the communities don't cooperate with the police, in a situation like that, they will. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, you yeah. know, it was like, hey, I know you said, I know you sell uh, dime bags of weed, but we don't care about that. When we get this person, we all go away. Yep. And actually, and actually, you might be surprised. There's a surprising amount of stuff that police know people are doing that they kind of let slide just because sometimes they let little stuff slide for bigger stuff if it's convenient. Right. Like I said, some, when, like I know. said, sometimes police are just some police are just really hard on everybody that's involved in anything, and there's some that like you know that are more reasonable to say, hey, you know, I might need to talk to this guy down the road, so. Uh, I might cut him a break on this, and then maybe he'll cooperate me a little bit on that. But that's the way the real world work, works more conveniently a lot of the time. But anyway, that's right. that's that's a, that's a little side note. That's like that's maybe a conversation for a different day. But uh, since we did mention that Ronda Rousey's black now, she's part of Team Black, and uh, I do want to give a little bit of a, information about her uh, great grandfather, uh, Dr. Alfred Waddell. He was one of North America's first black physicians. Uh, and they said uh, he's actually he gets a lot of more press in Canada because that's where he was uh, based. He actually was born in Trinidad and uh, moved uh, to New York. Then he eventually went uh, to study medicine in Halifax. So uh, he also did work did work against discrimination and social injustice. And actually, he treated patients who didn't have medical care access, which means they were poor because poor people also couldn't get a doctor. But uh, I didn't just want to give uh, information regarding Ronda Rousey. You know, we, we want to give a little bit more context, a little bit of information on the whole story. So uh, we had a little bit of fun with, with, with the racial draft and talk, but I did actually want to give some uh, information about the uh, origin of the entire story as well. So uh, like I said, her, her great-grandfather, I obviously... Uh, I did not know him personally because that was well before my time, but it appears that he was a pretty good guy. Uh, not just being, you know, not just being an intelligent guy, being going to medical school, but he actually wanted to give back to the community, both uh, using his profession and also for social justice stuff. So shout out to him as well. So sometimes when you when a famous person is involved in the story, you forget about other important details about why that story is important. And I wanted to give a little bit of context of that's also why this story is important. Any final thoughts here, on that, here. Brian or Chris? I'll let you have them, and then we'll move on to some other things. No, nah, I, I think Sorry, I summed it up pretty good. Okay. Since we are on uh, talking about uh, 
Ronda Rousey in MMA and UFC, even though there's a wrestling match. Well, I did want to uh, point out Dana White has ruled out a possible UFC return for Ronda Rousey. He indicated they had been in communications recently, but not about a return of her coming back to the uh, MMA game. Uh, now, of course, in UFC, just like in wrestling, just because you say there's no chance it's never going to happen again, that doesn't mean it's never going to happen again. Because remember, Dana White's the same guy that says women will never fight the UFC. And then what happened? He finally women found him. She was, she was the biggest star in the game at that point up until, uh, you know, <laughs> she yeah. went to sleep a couple times. <laughs> and then Conor McGregor became the biggest star. <laughs> so he went to sleep a couple times. <laughs> well, that's this. Yeah, but if there's a big payday, if there's a big enough payday, if she wants to come back, Dana White will find a way to bring her back. I don't know. If, I don't know if that big payday is still out there for her or not. But if it's there and she wants it, she can't come back because because in in wrestling, boxing, MMA, any combat sport, you don't retire. You die. You get die. <laughs> or the Indeed. phone stops ringing. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> But as long nah, as money right. you don't made, retire, you start getting booked. Yeah. So do you start getting phone calls or do you die first? Wh- which one happens? I would say I would say, you I would uh, no, I would say as a general rule, uh, it, it actually yeah, Chris is exactly right because I was going to say it, it depends on whether or not the phone stops ringing or you die. The thing is, if you're a big enough star, people will know to stop calling if you die. On the other hand, if you're not that famous, but they need an opponent, they might still try to call you after you're dead. Because they might, need, if you're a tomato can, they might say, "Yeah, I need an easy target." They call you like, "Crap, he's dead." <laughs> can we prop him up or something? <laughs> I just, I just need a win for my young boy here, <laughs> or my young girl here. <laughs> or it could be like the CFL, because the CFL before the internet, they used to draft people after they died. <laughs> Which was hilarious. It happened. I think it happened twice in one year. One time, two different CFL teams drafted people who were already dead. Damn. And, I was, and I'm going to be cool. honest. After you die, your forty time tends to go down a lot. So you're not going to be a lot of help with it. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Okay. Let's. Oh yeah. And let's let's move on. This will be our final because we've actually had a. We've had a diverse uh, variety of wrestling stuff and MMA stuff we talked about. Well, we got a big story, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be excited to hear about this one. Uh, oh, God. Israel Adesanya apologizing for threatening to rape another UFC fighter. <laughs> what? Oh, hell no. This is actually from TMZ and TMZ Sports. Uh, Israel admits he, he crossed the line. When he threatened to rape fellow UFC fighter Kevin Holland during a trash talk session on social media, and he about to learn from his mistake. For context, Israel's responded to allegations Holland made earlier this month against him claiming the middleweight champion is a story user. He responded in an Instagram story by saying, bro, I will effing rape you. Now, uh, obviously we know with cancel culture and PC and stuff, you really shouldn't be talking about review. It's not that you should, have, you should have been talking about it before, but now, especially this a no-no. Uh, but I will say this, though. On the one, it is absolutely terrible that he said that. But if I'm telling Holland, 
There is no motivation for me to win my fight. <laughs> then Israel saying, I'm going to effing rape you. Because think about it. If I didn't have motivation before, I know oh, I, I can not tap out now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he's going to do it the easy way or the hard way. Exactly. <laughs> oh no! I'm not. telling you, it's, it's definitely gonna be the hard way. That be yeah, hard way. <laughs> or, hey, even, or more importantly, easy. in the words of uh, in the words of Mark Henry, that probably will also never make the uh, the Peacock Network. We didn't do the wild thing. We didn't do no thing. <laughs> That's actually better than the hard way. Hopefully. You're not gonna do nothing. Yeah. To, you ain't gonna do anything any sort of way. If it was a matter of them saying that to anyone other than an adult, uh, adult MMA fighter, I'd say you should have said that you're way out of line. So he said that to another MMA fighter. Uh, ring the bell. Let's see what. Now imagine. If that dude get knocked out um, in the first round, that would be funny as hell. Right, these are two grown men MMA fighters, legitimate tough guys. Ring the bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody gonna be found to be a liar. Yeah, I'm gonna be like uh. Dana White, I'm going to have to drop out of this fight. I can't take the risk. <laughs> See, the thing is, I think I can beat him. But just like Tracy Morgan says in those commercials, <laughs> I can't take the risk to think. I have to be sure. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure it's not good enough. Hang on now. <laughs> I need certainty in this case. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was just speaking metaphorically. Just in all cases that he wasn't, uh, when you have <laughs> oh, your man, <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you doing? What are you doing with that AR um, 15? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, David, I want I, I want to say uh, it is inappropriate that we laughed at this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. We will be getting a sternly worded letter from any number of organizations. And I want to preemptively apologize and say, don't worry, you, you should save your letter. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of Chris. I am ashamed of Brian. <laughs> Going forward, we will do better <laughs> to make sure we are sensitive to everyone and, uh, in particular, MMA fighters who have been threatened with uh, Saddam. I want to apologize <laughs> for addressing this in such a flip manner. <laughs> anyway, uh, this, yeah, this it next story. Worse, yeah, I was gonna say this next story is the last one I have planned. I will uh, see to you sometime if you guys got any issues you want to discuss. But this is the last story that I have this week, so I will go to Chris and then I will go to Brian and see if you got anything you want to add. Uh, after we discuss this final story for me, uh, Ring of Honor has confirmed plans 
for a deep a reboot of the women's division. Uh, this is also from SU Scoops. Uh, Ring of Honor has confirmed plans for rebooting the women's division that will kick off with a tournament to crown a new women's champion this summer. Uh, apparently, they added Maria Canellis Bennett uh, to the board of directors, and she did cut a promo uh, during during a show, uh, the 19th anniversary pay per view. Apparently, there's also going to be a match between Angelina Love and Quinn McKay on an upcoming episode of Ring of Honor TV. I didn't even know Quinn McKay was wrestling for Ring of Honor, but maybe they sort of brought her in and as an announcer to help facilitate that. But I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know she was a wrestler. <laughs> I just know her as the, the lady wearing the bow tie on Ring of Honor for like the last year or so. So, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what she can do in the ring. I assume that you know she's had the time during the quarantine to work on her skills. I'm assuming she was probably an indie worker before that. I did not know that, but I'm assuming that was the case. So uh, I do like her as a person. So I'm excited to see what she can do in the ring. Uh, ring of Honor's women division has not had a women's champion since uh, Kelly Klein's contract expired in 2019. Of course, Kelly Klein is also suing Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, of course, some terrible allegations that have occurred during her reign uh, and her time in the organization. So, uh, the last time there was a title defense in a women's division was Glory by Honor 17 in October 2019. So, uh, there was going to be a Quest for Honor tournament to crown a women's champion last year. That was supposed to kick off in April, but obviously uh, the COVID protocols and the uh, lockdowns, everything, and ended up shutting that down. So uh, they will be getting back to it very, very soon. So I will go to you first, Chris. Uh, any thoughts on the Ring of Honor Women Division or anything you'd like to see there? Or well, the only thing I really, you know, oh, really the only thing I want to see there, I just want to see them get back to business. The whole last year throwing everything off. Uh, personally, I think that the creation of AEW destroyed the uh, a lot of the work that Ring of Honor was doing. You know, create another company really hurt them talent-wise. And I want to see them rebuild, find the next group of you know the next group of young guys, and bring them up and move forward. It, you know. They've been good at re uh, resapping or remanning or re whatever whatever phrase you want to use for it. They've always been good at getting the next group of people. They lose talent, they replace them, they keep going forward. AEW took a large group of that talent, and it was harder for them to immediately, you know, because it wasn't like you lost a guy or two guys. They lost a big group. So it's hard, harder for them to kind of bounce back from that, but I want to see them bounce back. I love to see a strong women's division with actual women wrestlers, not, you know, just females on the card to keep the boys entertained uh, while they're on the road. I want to see good, strong women wrestling, and if they can do that, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree, because... Uh, uh... You mentioned, like I said, we've talked about this on the show before. Ring of Honor was always sort of a, almost like a, it was, it sort of facilitated between the second and third best company as far as quality of matches and wrestling. There are times we would jump above uh, 
impact and slash TNA and the times that, you know, dip below, it would be ebbs and flows. But the thing it was always good at was it was always good at playing the next group because every year, I'd say probably prior to 2019, I'd say from maybe 2016, 2017, 2018, every year their contract would expire and then they'd get their roster rated by large, usually by more so WWE than TNA, although there was some, you know, talent that would go that way too, but every year WWE would rate their talent, a lot of times just in NXT, because uh, Ring of Honor was the NXT for NXT for a long time, and then right. the next thing you know, you think, okay, they won't be able to come back this year, but they'd find new talent, they'd plug them in, and the next thing you know, they'd be back to business. When AEW came in and pretty much took almost all of their top talent, that was the first time they weren't able to just bounce back and do it. So it's still not quite what it was. Matter of fact, I actually canceled my Ring of Honor uh, subscription just because they weren't able to bounce back. And I ended up having to subscribe for like a whole year almost. Not really feeling like I was getting value out of it. So I actually did it. I did subscribe to Impact for cheap price and Ring of Honor. I canceled my Ring of Honor subscription. And if, if Ring of Honor is able to finally build itself back up to close to where it was, I might consider resubscribing again. But for the time being, I felt like paying less to get Impact was a much better deal than paying full price. At this point. So, anyway, uh, Brian, you got any thoughts? Well, for me, I'm I'm interested in, in seeing um, what's going to happen. Who's new talent, and who are they going to interject? Because when they did have um, women's uh, the, the women of honor, it was all about the allure, and the allure was fun. Now, granted, it wasn't the beautiful people, but they was actually entertaining. And I don't care what anyone says, Angelia Love have and is the it factor of um, women's wrestling when she was an impact. And I believe she's going to be the it factor in Ring of Bond. And that's that's why they brought her in. That's my two cents. If Jordan Grace, you know Jordan Grace is with Ring of Honor right now. Uh, Impact. Did, did you see that she recently signed? Because I know her contract with Impact just expired, so I didn't see her if she signed anyone. Are you saying that she signed, or are you just asking? I'm asking. Yeah, last last I checked, as of the last day or two, she was a free agent. I have, like I said, I don't know if she you signed do. anywhere since I checked. I believe it was yesterday, but last I checked, she was a free agent. Hmm. But, yeah, she would be a nice addition to him if, if she decides to go that route. Or she also – I would guess Jordan Grace might be the sort of talent that might at least get some sort of mini-bidding war. So I would feel like her choices most likely would be to go to AEW or WWE. She'd be a nice addition to there, and they have a little bit more money to spend. She seems like the sort of talent that would be a good fit for either one of those. So. She would definitely she, she would be a nice addition to any one of those rosters or even going back, but I think that she's to the level where she could step up to one of the top two companies. And that mean, by top two, I mean WWE, any one of their brands, but probably she would go to NXT first or to AEW. Yeah. 
I, I think I think she would do well in AEW if they had a women's division. The women's division AEW leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Uh, I think as a person, she would benefit in the long run from WWE. Going to NXT, she can learn how to quote unquote wrestle on TV. If some indie fitness that she has some um, what a lot of people refer to as indie traits that the WWE would kind of work out of her. And uh, she will learn a different style and get over some some of the things mm-hmm. that all indie workers do that they stop yeah. doing when they get to NXT. But um, I think she'll be happier in AEW. Since AEW will bring her in and say, Hey, this is who you are. Keep doing what you've been doing. WWE was like, hey, this is who you were. We're going to make you better. You're going to teach you how to wrestle. And a lot of people don't like the idea that they go to WWE and they say, well, we're going to teach you how to wrestle. Because they want, they believe they know how. Like, I've been making a living out of this for 10 years. You can't teach me how to do what I've been doing. But, you know, the people who don't fight it tend to make a lot of money over a long time. Yeah, that's, like I said, that's, one of the things, that's one of the things I can never understand. If you go to WWE, there's, there should be a certain understanding that I'm going to have to, I might have to change a few things to do things quote, the WWE way as opposed to the way I grew up doing it on the indies. So... If you make this change, you should kind of understand that going in. It's not like it's not like you should be completely surprised, because it's not this. It's not like we live in a time where the wrestlers and different sports entertainers talent don't communicate. I'm sure she has friends on the different rosters, and so you should understand. Okay, you're going to get more money if you go here, but you're going to lose some of that freedom. So. It's all about finding that balance and what you could do. I think most of the talent that kind of want that more freedom to have a choice between going to AEW and going to WWE, they'll probably stick with AEW just because they know they will have more freedom going in. Although for some other ones, particularly, I think I think the people that might be more tempted to go to WWE are the ones closer to the end to get that longer, bigger paycheck towards the end, because, like, WWE was signing a lot of people to five-year contracts. So, mm-hmm. that w- that might be the one thing that AEW might not want to match as opposed to WWE. They might match the money. I don't know if they'd be willing to match the years because of the fact that, particularly for older talent, I'm, when I say older talent, I don't mean, like, Edge or Christian. The, the people that have sort of already been superstars already. I'm talking about the talent that's sort of been working in each for 20 years. And they know this might be mm-hmm. their last big chance to get the big money. You know, the, I'm talking about like the Christopher Daniel types or the uh, Hazarian types, those kind of people. Those people, yeah, if they want to make that one last big check, it might be the better decision for them to go to WWE, even when they're going to have to give up the freedom. Whereas if you're an indie talent, you've only been on the road for about 10 years, you're still in your late 20s or early 30s. If you still think you can sort of make it to the top, but you want to do it your way because you think your way might be better at getting you to the top than having to conform to a WWE standard. Those are the situations where I think where it might make more sense for you to go AEW. The money's similar but not significantly higher one place or the other. So mm-hmm. I think that's that'll be the main 
driving factor between somebody who's sort of on the fence if the money's close enough. I think those would be the, the way you would go one way or the other. Plus, the other thing is if you've never worked for WWE at all in your career, I think you might want to take, if you're near the end of your career, you might want to take that first step to get your foot in the door because you know you're not going to be wrestling that much longer anyway. So if you want to be a producer, if you think you want to be, you know, you want to be a trainer at the performance center, I think there are more of those opportunities with WWE than there are in AEW. So that would be another thing that might influence you to go to WWE as opposed to AEW. Just because you want to get your foot in the door and make that connection. Because, you know, they have hired people that haven't worked there recently, but still, depending on your relationship with some of the other employees there, you might not have your foot in the door yet. yet. That might be a good choice for you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, by the way, if you're, watching, if you're watching a Zoom video, uh, if you're watching the video version of the podcast last show, it says Bruce worse in my box. And I'm like, that, I know that's going to confuse a lot of people. But, you know... You, this is not Black History Month, so I am not a black boost word. I am King David Lane. Because if you see the names on there, don't be confused. Also, Chris's name is not the phone number that's popping up there either. So, unfortunately for Chris, he's just giving everybody in VLC Nation his phone number now <laughs> by calling in. So, uh, of course, instead of getting the usual hate tweets that he usually gets, he can now get hate texts. So. Oh, I love those. I really do. Oh, yeah, by the way, when you're responding to your hate messages, Chris, please make sure you're politically correct. Do not get the Wrestling With Problems show canceled. So uh, you can insult people. Oh, no. But don't don't threaten sodomy. Uh, Don't use any racial slurs. We know how much you like to use all those racial slurs. Don't use any of them. Chris has used racial slurs slurs that I didn't even know existed. Pretty good with. But I will not threaten sodomy. I will promise you. <laughs> I don't well, think that makes it better. <laughs> well, it's a step in the right direction. No, it's not, bro. <laughs> not threatening sodomy is not a step in the right direction. <laughs> Promising sodomy. <laughs> Unless it's consensual. If you promise consensual sodomy, then yes. I guess that is a step I don't in the right want- direction. I don't want it if it's okay with you. <laughs> Damn. So, so you're saying it has to be the hard way you don't want it. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> that. That whole expression is more fun if you fight, Chris. That is not politically correct, Chris. And the wrestling with problems in uh, King David Lane and King David Comedy and uh, also at Rock Visa, <laughs> we do not stand by Chris's statement. So no, we, sir. In, in our post-show uh HR meetings, we will have a stern talking to and make sure that this kind of thing happens. <laughs> anyway, I call that it can... a struggle snuggle. Oh, God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, no, stop oh, laughing. That's, that's not funny. Don't encourage that sort of behavior. No, no. I, I just, what did I just say? The, the VLC uh, Wrestling Nation slash Wrestling Republic audience. That's really inappropriate. I'm really disappointed in all you guys, so don't don't ever do that again. So anyway, uh, I've concluded my news stories for the week. So uh, first, I'm going to throw it out to Chris. If you got anything you want to discuss before we go off the air, the floor is yours now, Chris. Have at it. Well, okay. A few a few weeks ago, AEW had their big pay-per-view, Revolution or whatever they called it. And I did something I normally don't do. 
I ordered the pay-per-view through my uh, satellite provider. That's right. I dropped $50 to see it. You know, because that's the right thing to do. And I paid to watch the pay-per-view, and I watched it. And I get AEW is who they are. I'm not mad at that. And I understand that, you know, certain things go wrong in live events. Exploding rings don't explode. I get it. it. You know, I get it. It didn't explode, so be it. What I'm still upset with, in which I haven't watched AW since, Eddie Kingston covering up John Moxley to protect him from this big explosion didn't happen. And then Eddie Kingston commencing to play dead. That was unforgivable. And on top of that, after they did that, after this horrible, brutal fight where John Mox is covered in blood, 45 seconds later, they cut back to the race. So they pick John up, they wipe his face off, and all the blood is gone. You can see there's just a little bit of Nicholas forehead. You know, it's like AEW has taken KFA, put her in the trunk of a car, drove her down to the river, shot her, Put chains around her ankles and throwing her into the throwing her in Lake Michigan or whatever large body of water is by you while you're listening to the show. You know? Correct. I will and say they. Yeah, I was gonna say it. it uh, I did discuss this on the show previously. That really did bother me the night that it happened. They did do a little bit of a decent job, at least trying to sort of. Uh, bring some kayfabe back to it as far as the next night explaining why Eddie Kingston was still laying there because I was like, how are they going to come back from this? It looks so stupid. They did say that he had a panic attack and he suffered some panic attack. And he's, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be a tough guy, but mental health is real. So they did, they did do a good job on a subsequent episode of Dynamite sort of coming up with an explanation for it. But yeah, definitely the night that it happened, it looked incredibly stupid. Yeah, and like I said, having John sit up, you know, when the part where Cody hurt his arm, but he didn't go off stage, he just stood at the entry ramp. It's like, can you lie to us, say he's not coming back, please? Um, And like I said, he set up John and showed that he wasn't bleeding bad at all. And it's just like, come on, we know what we're watching. We're buying into this. We're suspending this belief, but come on, you got to work with us here. <laughs> work with us. Work with us. <laughs> exactly. You, 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 raise a, you raise a good point. I'm glad we finally got, we're able to get your perspective on this. Uh, Brian, did you have anything that you want to discuss before we go off the air? Sure. I will go with three. Okay, one, watch 19th anniversary Ring of Honor. It was a um, good pay-per-view. I guarantee you it was better than uh, Revolution. I know it was better than uh, Fastlane. And you, okay, if you want to see actual good wrestling and how to actually tell a better story with without all the theatrics, watch Ring of Honor. Number two, 
fast lane. Can someone tell me what the hell happened with that? I thought I was somewhat disappointed with Revolution, but I was wrong until I seen Fastlane. Fastlane it did so many things wrong. Let me see if I got this right. Okay. WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre is the face of Bobby Lashley, right? Yeah. So so how um oh okay, so what the hell was um the whole um Seamus McIntyre match all about in the first place. Like what 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 was the real point of that? Anybody? The entire point of Fastlane was they wanted to squeeze the extra pay per view in between WrestleMania and Elimination Chamber for no good reason. Because remember, okay. it used it seemed like I said I'm I'm not sure if they did this last year or the year before, but I remember it used to be, even though they used to have like a WWE pay per view every three or four weeks for a long time when they were trying to squeeze in like, you know, they were trying to squeeze in like 20 or 20, almost 25 pay-per-views a year between NXT TakeOver and Raw and SmackDown brands. Even then, they would try to, they would take a break from the last pay-per-view to WrestleMania. It'd be like a six-week break to really build up some anticipation for the next one. So it made no sense to have a pay-per-view three weeks before WrestleMania, especially a throwaway pay-per-view. It was a waste of time. And I knew going in, I expected to not be good. I was not looking yeah. forward to it. I was, I was just basically watching it out of obligation to continue to follow the storylines and whatnot. Because I do, even though I do tend to put Raw and SmackDown on in the background a lot of the times now, I do try to actually watch the pay-per-views so I can properly critique and analyze and break down what happened. I knew that was not going to be, to be a good one. I will say this. It actually did start to pick up a little bit towards the end. So there was... It actually ended up getting like a C plus grade for me when I was expecting it to be a C or C minus. So the, enti- the entirety of the pay-per-view, it still wasn't great, but at least the last three matches it sort of, you know, picked up a lot. I did end up yeah. liking the Drew McIntyre Sheamus match for what it was. A match that we knew would have no real impact on the WrestleMania storylines as far as we were aware. And, um, trying to think there was a woman's there was a woman's match i think that was in there that was pretty good i can't remember off the top of my head but the last three matches were pretty good on that card so it started off a little bit slow it was kind of weak in the middle but then it picked up the last i think i think the last three matches were halfway decent but it was definitely like a throwaway pay-per-view it just ended up being a slightly better than i expected throwaway pay-per-view but when you have such low expectations it's better than i expected it doesn't mean it's good <laughs> Exactly. That just means it wasn't horrible. Exactly. It means I watched it once, I'll never watch it again, but I'm sort of kind of okay with the fact that I watched it the first time. Oh, yeah. The other thing that saved the pay-per-view, though, the fact that it was, it was like, what, two hours and 45 minutes? If that had been one of those four-hour pay-per-views, oh, I might have no. killed somebody. <laughs> and I want to apologize right now because I don't want to be killed. I want to apologize for saying that I might have killed somebody. Even though it is true that I might have, I shouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> okay. Uh, one last thing just to end it. Okay. Ah, revolution. Well, Chris pretty much summed it up how I felt. So, with that being said, um, let's just, okay, let's just hope that, um, they, 
they can move forward and do better. And as I always say, support your indie wrestling, especially one of my personal favorites and uh, my uh, cohorts to MLW. Great, great wrestling organization. Good storyline is not great. And they have the never say never um, event coming up. So watch that. You'll be pleasantly surprised, especially with the last um, couple of events that uh, MLW had. I, I enjoyed it, and I think you will too. Absolutely. Always watch wrestling when you get a chance, unless it's absolutely completely terrible, in which case you shouldn't afford it because you want that kind of wrestling to go away. Most of the time, that's most of the time, more civilization is not the case. So anyway, uh, I just want to say to everybody, you've been listening to Wrestler Problems. Oh, breaking news before I get out of here. Akeem, the African Dream, has been canceled by Peacock Network. He will not be shown on Peacock Network. Apparently, they're just going to erase him out and <laughs> substitute the one-man gang in all of his spots. So uh, another set break in the cancellation network, but Akeem the African Dream is no more. So anyway, you've been listening to Wrestle Problems. I'm King David Lane for Brian Hunter at Brock Biz on Twitter. For Chris Best at Chris Best 99 on Twitter. I'm King David Lane on Twitter. Thanks for listening and you have a great week. This is Matt Hardy and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2 May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghost and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Blu-ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, 
Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.